Hey, it's James here, welcoming you to this presentation of the Hashtag Finance Podcast. This is just a reminder that if you like video, all of our CEO and expert interviews are featured on the Hashtag Finance playlist on CSE TV, including the show that you are about to listen to. Remember that is CSE Space TV on YouTube. And finally, this is just a friendly reminder that the views, information, or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the Canadian Securities Exchange and its employees. So happy listening, and now enjoy the show. This is Hashtag Finance, presented to you by the Canadian Securities Exchange, the exchange for entrepreneurs, with your host, Anil Mall. Thanks for tuning into another edition of Hashtag Finance, brought to you by the Canadian Securities Exchange. I'm Anil Mall, and today I am talking to Anthony Brown. Anthony is the CEO of Ant Technologies, which is listed on the CSE. We had a chance to talk to Anthony uh, about a year ago when the company had just listed with us. So welcome back to Hashtag Finance, Anthony. Oh, thanks for, very much for having me, Anil. Of course. How, how are you? How are things? Oh, doing great. Doing great. I see, I see, I see you here in sunny Vancouver, uh, Granville Island at the Waterfall Building. Yeah, well, of course, this is a virtual background, but that is the uh, waterfall building where DC1 uh, is hosted. That's where uh, AMP's first data center, first green data center uh, is hosted here in Vancouver. That, that waterfall feature you see behind me, incidentally, um, that is, um, a, uh, that's water that's generated by the air conditioning systems inside the data center. And in the summertime, on a nice sunny day like today, uh, we pull the uh, uh, ambient air from outside from beside that waterfall. So even in the summertime, the air we pull into the data center is cool. So it's it's just part of how we build green data centers. You, you've built a whole green ecosystem around your data center. Oh, yeah. We, well, we, we capture the heat. Like This is something that, that happened fairly shortly after uh, we went public. I'm not sure if we've been able to discuss it back on our previous call. Um, but the the data center... Uh, is is green. It captures the heat generated by all the servers to heat that whole surrounding building. Uh, so it's full of shops, condos, uh, restaurants, uh, and in the winter time, that's all heated by the servers in the in the data center. And in the summertime, we generate clean drinking water and use that as part of the waterfall feature behind me, uh, and and pull in ambient air from beside it for cooler air. So uh, we're we're looking at all the different ways that we can make it possible to bring our high-performance computing to the edge, to the urban center, and do so greenly. So you guys say you're building a next-generation infrastructure company. That's, that's the kind of the type. Yeah, type next, well, next, gener- next generation digital infrastructure company. Digital infrastructure. Thanks for yeah. that correction. So yeah. why, why don't we begin off, Anthony? There might be some of our viewers who didn't catch you the first time you were on here, might not necessarily know about your company. Why don't we begin by you giving us a brief intro into um, technologies and what you guys are doing? Sure. Well, actually, you know, what we were just discussing about is really what it's all about. Uh, it boils down to our tagline high-performance computing at the edge. Now, what that means is that there's been an evolution of digital infrastructure over the years. We start off with telephones back in the day as kind of the first digital infrastructure. We then moved to television and and cable. We got coax cables, and eventually the internet comes out, and we have ISPs, guys like AOL and Comcast. And 
the, the current generation we're in right now is cloud. And that's where companies like Microsoft and Google and Amazon uh, and many others, by the way, those are not the only three, uh, contrary to, to popular belief. Uh, the, the cloud is actually serviced by a lot of different companies. Um, uh, but this commodity cloud, which kind of evolved from e-commerce and YouTube and video streaming and that sort of thing, really isn't ideal for running things that are latency sensitive. So things like esports. Um, uh, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, all the great stuff that everybody's excited about coming down the pipe from a digital technology perspective just doesn't run as well as it should on commodity cloud. So what they need is something called high-performance computing at the edge, and that's what we do. So high-performance computing versus commodity computing, uh, that's the first part of the tagline, uh, is really because we do everything in hardware. So we're, we're hardware switched and hardware firewalled. We're array-based, blazing fast storage. In fact, we just recently made an announcement around a partnership with Intel where we're developing their Intel Optane NVMe over fabric. I know that all sounds very technical, but what all that means is super blazing fast access to data, right? Um, and uh, we put all of that together and then we put it right in the urban center and directly dark fiber connect our end users to the data center. So they're not accessing it over the internet, they're accessing it through their own private fiber connection. When you combine those two things, the high performance compute architecture, and then putting it at the edge, putting it in the urban center, you mitigate latency, you get rid of latency, and that's what allows you to be able to run all those fantastic applications. And that's, that's really what, what AMP boils down to. That's the next generation of digital infrastructure. Got it. Um, Anthony, why don't we we jump a little bit? Let's let's talk a little bit about the overall global um, gaming computing space that you guys are in. Do you want to maybe give us a briefing on that and how big the potential is in that market? Absolutely. So th this is this is actually quite simple to to describe. What we do this high performance computing at the edge uh, infrastructure applies across a lot of sectors, multi billion dollar sectors. So video games and esports are certainly one of those areas, and that's a multi-billion dollar sector. I think it's sitting at around one, 120 billion, somewhere in that range. You'll have to do some fact checking on me on that, but it's, it's somewhere, somewhere in that range. Um, virtual reality is now not only being adopted from an entertainment perspective, but it's also being adopted by companies to do things like digital twinning. So for example, one of the, one of the um, uh, projects that we announced is where we built out a digital twin of an airline manufacturing plant in virtual reality using our platform. We did that with the Canadian Digital Technology Supercluster. Uh, and and uh, so, so industry 4.0, um, video games, and then an another big sector, animation and visual effects. So when it comes to uh, you know, rendering, when it comes to doing things like virtual production, and that's another recent announcement we made uh, with our partnership with um, Versatile Media. Uh, versatile, and and it, it can't be underestimated. Virtual production is a huge paradigm shift for the industry. The, the impact of uh, virtual production is, I'd say, as big as, you know, it's the biggest change to, to movie making since the advent of the computer. We're really changing everything on how production is made. We're using virtual reality, motion capture, real-time render to, to capture real-life things and put them into this metaverse 
that can then be used to shoot the scenes for the movies or the television shows, can be used to, to create virtual reality environments, concerts, you know, the, the usage of it is, is, is absolutely immense. It's immense. So when you apply all of those things together, virtual reality, content creation, artificial intelligence, we're using, for example, um, our, our GPU compute platform uh, ver with uh, variational AI to be able to do research into COVID-19 therapeutics. Uh, and they're using new AI technology with our platform to be able to, to, to find new drugs to help treat COVID-19. The, the sectors that this address, addresses is immense. Each one of them is multi-billion dollars. And we're doing it with a kind of a single product set uh, that currently is not being provided to the market by the, the existing hyperscalers, the, the big cloud providers. Interesting. So you guys are, are, are well positioned there. Um, you also mentioned a little bit about, you know, obviously your recent uh, developments, the, the par partnerships, your, you guys uh, have actually just come out with two major uh, big news releases, I should say, uh, earlier this month. One was um, a partnership with Excelbyte. Mm -hmm. And then the other was the signing of the letter of engagement with Versatile Media. Why don't we respectively jump into each of those and you, you give us a little bit of uh, sure. info on what those partnerships mean, um, not just for your company, but how they would translate to your shareholders. Sure. So, um, well, let's talk about Excelbyte first. Yeah. Um, uh, so Excelbyte, what they do is they offer live game services to video game developers and publishers to be able to bring their games online and run them. Now, part of doing that uh, is a service that they call Armada, where uh, they, can, they can automatically spin up the game servers where the end user is to be able to mitigate latency for those customers, right? So when you're playing Fortnite or, or whatever the case may be, uh, if, it's, if it's on a, a, an Armada game server, it's going to be spun up in, in your local territory. And Amped is one of those providers that are providing that. So we've, we've joined the, the, the likes of Amazon and, and so on, and now AMP servers are in that Armada list. Now, obviously, because we are high-performance computing at the edge, we would tend to think that we're a little bit faster and a little lower latency, uh, so our servers will basically get automatically picked uh, more often, um, but the, 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 it's a new partnership, so the, the, the proof will be in the pudding, but you can now access games that are run on Armada with, with Excelbyte on the uh, on AMP servers. Uh, so that's that's really what that boils down to. It's a partnership. We bring customers to them. They bring customers to us. Yeah. Um, so now, versatile media, that's, that's a little bit more complicated because versatile media represents... Uh, uh, this this big paradigm shift that I mentioned earlier around uh, virtual production. So if, if people have seen uh, maybe The Mandalorian um, uh, from, from Disney, the new Star Wars television show, uh, maybe uh, they've seen, you know, The Lion King, things like this, that those, those shows are now using this new virtual production technology to make animation and visual effects. So basically what they do is they use the, they, they, they bring together game technology, things like Unreal Engine, real-time render, the use of GPUs, graphics processing units, uh, into the animation and visual effects pipeline. And what that allows them to do is they can broadcast this real-time rendered environment 
on big LCD screens surrounding the, the, the actors, and the actors are placed right into the environment. So when they're shooting it, the special effects, the background, wherever they could, they could be on any planet at any time, is all there, it's all being captured in real time. And the director can sit there and go, you know what? Let's uh, let's move that mountain over there to the left a little bit. Uh, you know, put a tree right over there. Let's see how that looks. Hey, let's change it from five o'clock in the afternoon to six p.m. They can have an hour long. You know, they can have a six hour long magic hour shoot. You know, at that, that perfect lighting and everything else. Yeah. That is something. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, and I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just got excited there. But I was going to say it's a lot better than the old days when, you know, you're, you're, uh, when you were making anima animated movies or trying to do this kind of stuff, you'd be, the actor would be sitting there talking to either a, a puppet or a sock or an orange that would be a placeholder. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's really yeah. interesting to see how they can change things around in real time. Um, but yeah. I'll, I'll let you continue on. I apologize to get It, it really is a, a, a giant leap forward in how they're going to make these movies. The impact, I mean, is, you know, don't get me wrong. I can talk about the tech all day. It's super cool. You know, they can actually put on a virtual reality headset and shoot the scene with a virtual camera. Oh, wow. Like in virtual reality, things like that. I mean, like, how cool is that? I mean, how much fun would that be to do? Yeah. But putting that aside, the impact to the industry from a, from a financial perspective is, is huge as well. It costs a lot less money to make a movie or a television show in this way. It's a lot more iterative. They can do a lot more things with it. So that the way it used to work was, as you say, they'd have the green screen and they, you know, have a bunch of people wearing, you know, black leotards with little ping pong balls on them. And, you know, they, they, they'd have a little, you know, placeholder for the for the dragon they were talking to or whatever it might be and 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 they would you know shoot the scene that would then go off to all the artists that will go and make you know the the, the dragon and make the environment and everything else based on the description given by the director about three months later or so they come back and they here you go what do you think of the scene well at this point the director goes well that's not exactly what i was thinking i need you to change this or that and then again, it goes away, you know, a few weeks later, he can come back and see the scene again, right? That's not, with, with this technology, they shoot the scene, the director and the cinematographer are right there. They're capturing the scene, the scene live. They can make those iterations on the fly. Yeah. So the, 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 the amount of iterations they can do, the speed at which it takes to get these products to market, like, so if you had a project that would take two or three years, it might only take one year to actually get done. So this this is a, a huge step forward. And actually, the, the the one last step, the one last kind of impact with it is it takes a much smaller team and a lot less travel. And so the impact of COVID on the industry uh, really, really does. Um, you know, this really lends uh, a lot of solutions to the problems associated with COVID. Definitely. I mean, uh, uh, the pandemic something that has affected all of us in the last, uh, I mean, it'd be even fair to say all of 2020 now that we're going into September here. Um, you know, so it, it's great to see that companies will still continue using this technology to be able to make movies, make games, all the other industries that it's applicable to, to, to be used in, but also stay creative at the same time and not, not lose out on that front. Yeah, you know, and, and 
if you take a look at the stocks and, and so on, um, uh, video game companies, uh, animation companies, uh, content creators are doing very well because, you know, that's what a lot of people have to do. You're stuck in your house. What are you going to do? Well, well, I'll play video games and watch movies. Um, so, you know, I mean, that that industry is going to continue to grow. And, and, and being, being the company that supplies the picks and shovels for this new gold rush of virtual production is a really good place to be. I love that analogy. Oh, it, it, well, I, I mean, actually, it's a pretty obvious analogy, and I know it's an old one. You know, I think it was my father who actually first told me, you know, hey, son, don't be the guy going out getting the, the going for the gold rush. Be the guy selling the picks and shovels. And that's, you know, 30 it's years applicable ago. to all industries when you yeah. put it that way. It, it, it is. But I mean, you know, when you when you're in an industry that's really content driven, right, and hit based. Right. So it's, you know, the, they, they go out and make tons of video games. They go out and make tons of movies and some of them are good and some of them are bad. But in our case, it doesn't matter whether they strike gold or not. It, 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 they, they, they have, they, they, they have to pay the bill. Yeah. It's, it, uh, you know, it's a good place to be. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Anthony, those two um, that we just talked about, Excelibyte, uh, the letter of engagement with versatile media, those were two of the most recent news releases. Yeah, they just came out in the last week or so, yeah. Uh, did, 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 were there any more points on Versatile, or did you touch on all of those? Because I kind of wanted to talk about some of your other partnerships as well. Because since we've chatted with you about almost a year ago, you guys have been very busy. There's been a lot more and not just these two. So I kind of wanted you to touch on some of those as well and let us know and the audience know where you're at and how, how those have come about. Sure. I mean, look, I could spend all day talking about virtual production. It is just so super cool. Um, and, and it's a great deal with Versatile. Uh, you know, we're basically building the, the, all of the infrastructure for the studio, all of the remote render, all of that sort of stuff. So it's, 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 uh, and it's one of the first ones being built in Canada. So it's, 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 it's exciting. It's but you're right. There's been, sorry. Here in Vancouver, right? It's being built here in Vancouver. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Vancouver. How many square footage was it? It's huge. 12,000 square feet. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, It'll have two, uh, two. I think it's um, a little over four thousand square foot sound stages uh, that will all be motion capture, virtual reality. I mean, again, I can't wait to play with the thing. I mean, this is going to be so much fun. I remember it was in late nineteen ninety nine, maybe two thousand, when Vancouver Film School was one of the first ones that had opened up their right. studio, their their school out here, I should say, and and. After that, it just blew up. Yeah, I know, and 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 actually, as as uh, is illustrated by the MOU that we signed with uh, Capilano University, um, we're seeing an adoption of these sorts of things. I mean, that's the, the the announcement we made was around the Creative Technology Community, the CTC, uh, a, a building which they're they're basically donating for us to build a joint. Um, uh, uh, academic and industry uh, uh, partnership of a of a studio, and it now looks like it's pretty likely it it, it would involve virtual production, um, and uh, and so yeah, I mean the the the, the schools are also uh, uh, you know somebody who we're working with to help bring in the talent and help develop that technology. Um, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened since since we spoke. Uh, it, it has been a while. Um, you know, we announced the, the opening of our first data center, DC1, uh, here in Vancouver. This, the, again, the waterfall building behind me. 
Um, we announced uh, Bardell, our first render client. Uh, so this is they, they, these are the guys that make Rick and Morty. Uh, they they render um, Dragon Prince on on our our uh, on our servers, and actually Dragon Prince just won a daytime Emmy. Um, so you know, uh, pretty cool stuff to be actually you know helping to create that kind of content. Absolutely. Um, we announced a a, a, um, a supercluster project where we're doing digital twinning of an airline manufacturing plant uh, using virtual reality simulation tools to actually take a full digital twin of an airline manufacturing plant. And that's a that's a Canadian digital technology supercluster project that also runs in DC one. Uh, we announced variational AI uh, where we where we are uh, have a GPU platform that they use to do artificial intelligence research. And in their case right now, they're doing research into therapeutics, drugs that can have a uh, can help treat COVID-19. Uh, and so that that sort of research is going on in, in DC one. And, it you know, that feels pretty good to be able to try and do a little something uh, uh, to, to help with with the current situation. Um, you know, the, it, it's been it's been busy. That being said, you know. Generally speaking, we're dealing with fairly large deals. You know, um, in, in most cases, multi-million-dollar deals that 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 the client signs up with for multiple years in, in you know annual or or three-year contracts. Uh, and so it takes a little while to close those deals down. There's a fairly long sales cycle. It's worth it uh, because you end up with a very big deal that's very impactful to the company and lasts for up to three years. Uh, but they take a little while to close. So sometimes there's a little bit of a delay in, in, in getting more news out. And uh, so it's great to have an opportunity like this to be able to, you know, talk about the latest releases and, and reiterate some of the things that are going on and, and just make sure people understand that, you know, we're very active. The company's growing very quickly. Uh, and, uh, you know, as we announce more and more of these deals on a, on a more and more regular basis, uh, people will get to see it. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. We used to be a company prior to going public that primarily just, you know, sold that infrastructure. We didn't host it. We didn't run a data center. We just sold it directly to the end user. So we retooled the company prior to going public to be this monthly recurring revenue company. And we increased our monthly recurring revenue, as we announced fairly recently, uh, tenfold. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's pretty good growth. I'd have oh, to say. I was going to say that's that's great value for your company right there. Just just yeah. that little change. Yeah. So so you know it, it takes time to do those sorts of things uh, to to launch the data center to to bring on a new sales team. We announced our new VP of sales, Chris Best. We announced our new uh, representative for Montreal, uh, Pierre Couture. We just recently hired another rep, uh, Jeff O'Donohue, uh, to to focus on the digital media market. Uh, you know, we, we've been building up that you've got to go and see the new website. Um, you know, the, the, a ton of work's been done on that. We have a whole IR section. Uh, our our, our uh, social media is now up and running. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, the, the, we have a whole IR section uh, on the app website. You can sign up for the news, uh, get all the latest announcements. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. 
Well, speaking of the website, why don't you let them know where, where, where they can go find out about you guys? And right. We'll throw in your social media channels. Well, you're going to you're gonna put down the right down where I'm pointing, right? You're going to write down on the bottom of there. Okay, there we go. Yeah. yeah definitely so be, check the show notes, um, the link to the website, social media yeah. links, all of that stuff will be on there, yeah. definitely. Yeah, right. it's uh, tech. www.ampd.tech. And, uh, and all kinds of information there. Uh, just go to the investor section. You can sign up for, for to get the news. You can download our latest investor deck, see the financials, all of that fun stuff. Awesome. Um, I, you touched a little bit on, on your team there, um, mm -hmm. but I wanted to uh, obviously talk a little bit about your team members. Um, but before we get into that, Anthony, let's talk about your background because you're so passionate about this industry. You're so knowledgeable about it. How did you get into this? Well, you know, I'm, I'm knowledgeable because I'm old. I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, like, I, I may not look it, um, but I, I've been I've been doing this for now somewhere close to thirty years. Uh, uh, Amped is actually my fourth multi-million dollar company, uh, and it really kind of starts, at, you know, as far as technology is concerned, with a company that I started way back in two thousand, uh, a company called Seven Group, uh, and Seven Group. Uh, very quickly took over the digital media market. We had almost 70% market share for supplying all of the, the technology, the digital infrastructure for, for making video games, movies, and television shows. You said 70%? Uh, 70%, yeah. Granted, that's that's an estimate. I, I Honestly, we never ran it. But I mean, you know, I, I, now we're talking about my old company, uh, and I'm mentioning customers from them. So this, you know, just so you know. But back with, with Seven Group, we had everybody. We had Technicolor, Universal, Disney, uh, EA, Ubisoft, Activision. You, you know, pretty much anybody you can think of uh, was a client of, of, of uh, Seven Group. And so that experience of being able to understand what was involved in building out the digital infrastructure for, for those studios really helped us to, to, to do what we do today. And then the other thing I, we did is we kind of got on the other side of the glass and became uh, uh, our own video game publishing company. We actually rolled Seven Group into a company called Infinite Game Publishing, uh, and we published a very popular game called MechWarrior Online. Uh, MechWarrior Online was actually one of North America's first esports games. Um, AAA, you know, high-end quality content. Uh, it was on the cover of PC Gamer like three or four times, uh, rated number 19 in the top 25 shooters by PC Gamer. Um, you know, we, it was a very successful, successful game. And Amped is kind of the culmination of those two experiences, having supplied digital infrastructure to help create content, and then having actually run a live latency-sensitive esports platform for a popular AAA esports game is really what enabled us to create what we have today at Amped. So, you know, I got into this, at, at you know, at, at a pretty young age, I've always been interested in technology. Uh, I've always been an entrepreneur, uh, and you know, basically, you combine tech with a little bit of entrepreneurship, and and you get me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, no, you guys are doing an excellent job. Um, I, I know we talked, or you touched on a few points of some of your key team members. I see yeah. a recent announcement. Um, you guys added um, onto your advisory board. Um, a gentleman by the name of Stephen Hines. He's a real estate developer. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, let me let me give you a little bit of background on that, um, and and also you know if I could for a second, I just you know I'm I'm so tremendously proud of my team. Um, I, I, we have such an incredible team that that has kind of been there and done that before across the board, right? So uh, you know our CTO Don Buston, he was the CTO over at Infinite Game Publishing. Uh, you know he was the guy who helped architect that platform. Uh, it, you know, he's worked for Fortune 500 companies. He's worked for startups. He's, you know, always been that kind of paratrooper that you, that tech paratrooper that you send in, a tech commando uh, to go in and solve the really tough problems. And I, I've known him from, you know, coming on 30 some odd years now. So to have him on our team uh, is, is just fantastic. Our CSO, James Hursthouse, um, you know, he's, he was the re most recently, he was one of the executive directors or he was the executive director of DigiBC, the local industry association for digital media. Prior to that, he was the CEO of a pretty large, you know, I think about 160 person, uh, video game developer here in, in Vancouver called Roadhouse. And, and back in 2004, he actually started a company called Online Game Services, Inc. that hosted some of the first multiplayer online games. So, you know, these guys, uh, you know, have, have been there, done that. Uh, and to have people like that on the team is immense. And, and, and Stephen is another one of those guys. So Stephen is a real estate developer. That building that's, that's in my background, um, that was a building that he designed and built 20 years ago with the intention of having a data center at the heart of the building to supply the heat and do those things. You know, that, that was absolutely visionary. Uh, now, it's only, it's only once Amped uh, came on board and, and kind of took over the data center to work with uh, Stephen that we've really been able to fully utilize that green technology. But, you know, this guy really knows what he's talking about when it comes to, to building these types of buildings. And so when it comes to a next generation digital infrastructure company, it's not only the servers that you're looking at. It's not only all that compute. It's also where it's housed. And with Steven, we have the ability to build data centers like DC1 uh, across the world uh, and, and continue to build out this, this kind of resilient, high-performance compute infrastructure at the edge and do it in a green way, a sustainable way, and be able to really be that core of a smart city. And, and Steven is, is really a key enabler for that. Got it. Very strategic um, placement then. Um, obviously, I'm here in Vancouver and our viewers that are in Vancouver or local would definitely know that this is the waterfall building um, that's in Granville Island or just outside Granville Island. But why don't, why don't you talk to us about why this building is so important and, and, and the whole sort of um, concept behind it? Well, okay, first of all, just on an aside for a second because it's cool. Um, if you're a Battlestar Galactica fan, there's, I don't know, something like 20 scenes from Battlestar Galactica that was filled and filmed with this building. That, that little kind of pyramid looking thing in the background, keep an eye out for it. It's, it's, it's in, it's in Battlestar Galactica. So there's a little bit of a cool factor there. So, uh, what really makes it important though, is that in, by again, in, and I've, you know, I have kind of covered some of this already in our, in our conversation today, but by capturing the heat to heat the surrounding building by creating clean drinking water, by using control systems to be able to manage the environment very minutely, very granularly within that data center, we make it possible to be able to run efficiently while in an urban center. And, you know, 
what you're seeing a lot of the big cloud providers do is they, you know, go and buy data centers that are way out in the middle of nowhere next to ne- near the, 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 the biggest power source, right? How can we get power cheaper? How can we do those, those sorts of things? And what that does though, is it creates latency because you have to, you know, uh, uh, reach out into the, into the boonies to, to access these data centers. Our data centers being at part of the urban fabric really is, is what makes that at the edge part of our tagline work. And to be able to make that work, we need to be extremely efficient with the power, with the, with, with, with the resources required to run those servers. And so we've made our data center so efficient through this technology that it's perfectly reasonable to be able to get very similar kind of hosting costs in an urban center as to what you would have, what you would get out, out in the boonies. And so that's what really makes it important. It's going to be part of our fabric moving forward. You know, I mean, think of it this way. Let's say you're going to buy a condo and you're going to buy a condo downtown and you find out that, hey, listen, the, the game servers for Fortnite are in the basement. Like, you know, you're, you're, going, to get a, you're going to get a 10 gig internet connection, right? But does that sound like a good place to, to, to buy a condo if you're a millennial? If you're a gamer, yeah, I would say yeah. so. Yeah. So, the yeah. Yeah. Listen, you're going to be able to run virtual reality with all your friends uh, in, in, in your, in your new condo because you've, you're in this new wired, you know, high performance compute at the edge environment. Uh, you know, you're going to get things like, like augmented reality glasses that are using AI to, to do facial recognition. Think like, I mean, the, the amount of applications for this are just so ridiculously immense. Uh, and it's 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 such an obvious path to undertake uh, that we're really pleased to be kind of at the forefront of it. Got it. So you guys have had a strong start to 2020 going into September right now. So what what can we expect for you guys to close the year off? Oh come on! I can't. I, well, there's only so many things I can say on that front. Um, you know. Um, what can I say that's not going to be, you know, talking about uh, forward-looking statements? <laughs> um, well, look, I, I can say that the pipeline is very strong. Uh, we have we have uh, a lot of projects that we're working on uh, across multiple sectors. So we're we're increasing to focus more and more on the digital media, uh, virtual production, render, remote workstation sect- sections sectors. Um, we've, we've, you know, we're running a lot of R and D in our lab, um, and, and, and coming up with newer technologies to, to address things like remote computing for, for COVID, uh, AI research, uh, and, and being able to increase the power for that. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at building more data centers. There's a lot of things that are, that are, you know, without, you know, and, I, and I'm hoping you'll be able to edit this later if there's anything I say that I'm not supposed to. But, but you know, uh, there's a lot on the go. And I would say just keep your eyes out for the news. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, as those deals come in, as those new initiatives kick off, as those new products get launched, uh, you'll be hearing more and more about us as we go forward. I don't mean to be getting getting anyone in trouble here with with any info that's not public and and can't be out there. But I think you covered most of the basis. To anybody watching, I definitely encourage you to at least go visit the AMP 
Technologies website. Take a look at some of the stuff that, that they're working on and have worked on. Uh, follow them on all their social media channels and feel free and reach out to them through their website if you have any questions or are looking for details. Um, Anthony, I want to I want to close off. Okay, so we've talked about a lot of cool things in this in this uh, a podcast of ours. Um, yeah. I want to talk hypothetically about you know obviously we see so much happening within not only the gaming space, virtual reality, augmented reality. Give us give us some tidbits on what are some of the things that are being worked on, not specifically from AMP, but in the in the in the yeah. general space that that are kind of going to blow our minds off. That you know what that I, I love talking about that stuff and 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 you know I've I've been known to bring this up in in multiple conversations, uh, but there is this kind of uh, concept of a virtual reality universe that everybody can can plug into and interact in. It's it's really well described by by a movie and a book uh, called Ready Player One. Uh, the movie was done by by Steven Spielberg. Uh, uh, the, the, and, and in that movie and in that book, they have this place called the Oasis. And this is a place that everybody can dial into, uh, can, can basically, you know, jack into whatever you want to call it, uh, and interact with a completely fully realized photorealistic digital universe. It's like uh, on steroids. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and, and this is going to come out, this is going to actually happen now. It does require high performance computing at the, at the edge to work. Just saying, but the the virtual production that we were talking about earlier, that's kind of a, an interesting step along the way, because yeah. they're already now capturing real world, you know, people and creating full photorealistic three D environments that they can display. So you know, we're really just at the beginning of the creation of this, this whole metaverse that human beings are going to be able to interact with and not just play games, but do business, have relationships, uh, watch concerts, uh, you know, and, and, and think about how much this is accelerated because of the impact of experiencing a pandemic as, as, as a society, right? we have to do this social distancing. Now you and I are, are right now talking on a video conference. Um, you know, you're sitting across the, across the room from me in your couch. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, virtually in front of the waterfall building. Um, you know, this, even, even a few months ago, chances are, you know, I would have come down to a studio or, uh, you know, something along those met lines. At a conference or something like that. Yeah. Or yeah. wherever we were. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And, and everybody's experiencing this now. So the acceleration towards the building of this metaverse of this, of this interactive virtual reality way to communicate and interact uh, is, is, is absolutely huge. And virtual production is only the first step along that, that train, you know, video games, you know, are, are really one of the leading forefront technology creators on that front. Um, Elon Musk, you know, he's, he's kind of famous for wanting to hire video game coders because they don't know what, what, what's impossible. Uh, that, that, I think that's pretty close to a direct quote from Elon. Uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're really seeing, you know, folks that are in that, you know, video games industry and uh, in the digital media industry as a whole, bringing technology that applies to things like digital twinning of factories and self-driving cars and, 
you know, visualization of buildings. And it's pretty exciting times. With something like that and the technology that's out there, it's, you know, you, if you can imagine it, someone out there in, the, in that space can create it. <laughs> yeah. And all we need now is, is the tools that we need to be able to create the content uh, and a place to run it all so that people can actually access it in a way that is that, that gives them that full experience. And um, I happen to know a really good company that's kind of, uh, kind of building that. <laughs> That's right. And you can check out App Technologies website if you want to find out more details. Anthony, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, thank you so much for the insight, not only into the general um, industry, but also with what you guys are doing. Thanks to you and your team uh, for all the work that you guys put into it. Wish you guys nothing but success for the rest of the year and, and beyond. Um, to anybody watching, if you find conversations and podcasts like this informative, please hit the like button. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already, I would definitely encourage you to subscribe. And uh, again, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to watch uh, not only myself, but mainly Anthony Brown, who is the CEO of Amp Technologies. Anthony, I look forward to our next chat where we can uh, find out what else is happening in this space and see how much more you guys have grown. Thank you very much. We look forward to it, Anil. Cheers. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye now. This has been an episode of Hashtag Finance brought to you by the Canadian Securities Exchange. Please feel free to hit like and share this content and hit subscribe if you haven't already. Hey, it's James here reminding you that if you just enjoyed this episode of Hashtag Finance, there's a lot more. Make sure you subscribe to this show available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Shows come out at least twice a week, so please do not miss out. Also, if you're on Instagram, please don't forget to follow us at Canadian Exchange. That's all one word, Canadian Exchange. We're hosting live daily content with great guests discussing the capital markets, entrepreneurship, investing, and much more. And finally, if you like video, please subscribe to CSE Space TV. That's CSE Space TV on YouTube. You can find more great stuff, including exclusive series content like Cannabis Month 2020 and our new series, Investing in Psychedelics. As always, thank you for listening.